Hello and welcome to the Biz Here podcast. I'm Kyle A. Rant. And I'm Karen Welch. And today we have two interviews, doubles. Two for the price of one. Yeah. Okay. We do. Uh, first up is Richard Ware. He's president of Amarillo National Bank, as most people know. And we're going to follow that with an interview we did with Michael Connor, uh, the aviation director of the city of Amarillo. Cool. All right. Uh, what t- did Richard talk about? We talked with Richard about um, he, he was fresh off a win. Well, I don't know if it's a win, but being named. Yeah, it's a win. It's a win. Yeah. Being named um, a 2017 Banker of the Year by American Banker Magazine. But it was a fun interview because we talked about how uh, banking stays in the family there and all sorts of things. So we go from banking to airplanes. To airplanes because, uh, you know, recently uh, both of these interviews were recorded in December, by the way. And, and that's when we had the news that there was there will be Phoenix flights added uh, very soon, mm-hmm. um, direct flights, morning and evening. And uh, so we've talked to him about that and what that means for um, point, all points west. So direct from Amarillo to Phoenix twice a day out of our airport. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all coming up on the Biz Here podcast. A side note for Richard, though. Um, you and I were among the team that did a great project. Yes. On um, Harrington Philanthropy. Yeah. And a, a little teaser there and a little cross-promotion because, you know, that's what right, we do. Right, right. Um, that video um, dropped on the Panhandle, P- uh, Panhandle PBS Facebook page last week. Right. And Richard was one of the most fun yeah. interviews. Wait for some other little bonus tidbits too because yeah. we'll we'll eventually uh, have a couple of stories that he told yeah. out as small videos. All right. So uh, if you want to see that video, head to our Facebook page. And also you can go to our website, panhandlepbs.org, and you can find that video as well. Yeah. Shameless self-promotion. That would be good. Yep. So why don't we talk a little business first? All right. What's Um, going on? Moondoggies. You've had a chance to be there now. Today. I have twice now. It's fantastic. Um, It's uh, the new pizza and and beer pub kind Mm -hmm. of place uh, down on Polk Street. Mm -hmm. It's next door to Esquire Jazz. It really is that that kind of resurgence of of that block of Polk. That whole corner. You know, the the new um, stuff across the street. You've got um, the Esquire Jazz Club and, of course, New Doggies and then... It's cool. Stuff across the street. Yeah. That is stuff across the street is the new Crush and the new uh, six car yeah. pub and brewery or brewery and pub. I always get them mixed up. Yeah. Uh, it's an impressive building. It, it is. It, it is. It's so, really coming together. Um, I can't wait to get in there and look at that and do some do some cool stuff there. But Moondoggy's great. Um, deep dish pizza. Oh, yeah. Very good. So we were talking at lunch today when, when we had the, the crew over there um, uh, tasting things. You guys had went while we were out of town. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> not bitter. Jealous. Um, a little bit, but we have a lot of pizza places in town, but I don't know of one that does a good deep dish. And we found Moondoggies. So among the, the stuff you'll find there, there's salads, there's um, pastas, but the deep dish pizza that our CEO, Kevin, had, um, not going to lie, a little jealous. Yeah, that's, I've that's had the, the deep one, dish. Yeah. It's very good. But the pasta I had today was good, too. Yeah. So give it a try. It's, uh, it's um, um, a company that the these partners started it with a restaurant in Georgia okay and uh, they've come over here uh, to kind of work recruited by yeah. developers to come over here and do this one here and how cool is the juxtaposition of okay left is the jazz club right is the pizza place and they've even started doing some partnership you can get pizza when Esquire is open there they're kind of doing a, a partnership thing so 
That's cool. Another thing is that won't be the only moon doggies for Amarillo. Oh, Another really? one's under development on Southwest 58th. Okay. So. In Southwest yeah. Amarillo and downtown. There you go. Well, it's good stuff. Um, go check it out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, next, I had the opportunity to go. It was a good day for me. I went to two <laughs> new restaurants uh, in the last week and um, and uncorked wine bar and grill Mm -hmm. it is uh on georgia uh, where the pizza hut is okay speaking of pizza yeah yeah. and a lot of people didn't think that maybe they could do the remodeling where you wouldn't feel like you're walking into a pizza hut you know it was a dual building with pizza hut and wing stop and one entrance for both places they have totally changed that uh, that building, and you go in separate ins- entrances for both businesses. Okay. So, uh, so one thing y- about a pizza place, it, the whole building smells like a pizza place, but sounds right. like they took care of that. Right, uh, they they share a, a restroom, but otherwise they you know entered from either side, okay. but otherwise they don't um, you don't intermingle, and uh, it's it's great because it had high end and lower lower on your wallet uh choices so you have i mean they have everything from 10 and 12 dollar sandwiches and 9 and 10 dollar salads to a 46 dollar or a 40 dollar uh steak entree wow so um and and wine was at good price points you know six dollars a glass to to, with some 20 dollar bottles all the way up to the high-end ones okay so it's nice to to go in and whatever your price point, you right. can find so something. So don't discount the fact that what it was is what it, it, it it's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. Um, awesome. It's a, it's a local, one local partner and one partner from elsewhere in Texas, the Dallas area. Okay, so, cool. Uh, Marshall's Coffee. Mm-hmm. I know you lamented the loss I'd of Marshall's Coffee. Still going going through withdrawals, but it, it, there's hope. Yeah. It, Marshall's Coffee, for those that don't know, is on uh, Bell Street, uh, almost across from uh, Southwest Park. Right. Yeah. And Southwest uh, Park and Water Still, and it's, it's right, right across the street. Yeah. Right. And uh, that property sold uh, when Mar- after Marshall's went out. Mm-hmm. And at first they said it was going to be office use. But what's happening now is that Wood Financial Group mm-hmm. bought the property Um they're going to remodel the salon, the old was red, red salon yeah. there on the property, and use it for their offices. And then the coffee thing will uh, actually get a new life as a coffee shop again. Hey. All right. And a local one at that. And a so, local yeah. one, Roasters. So uh, for those of you in the Bell area that like Roasters, it's if it's on your way, you will you should soon, after some remodeling, have a chance to get coffee there. And, and you know, it, it works for, for being a, a location for Craig and Roasters because there's not, you know, that was a great place for a coffee shop. That's I think that's more why when, when Marshall's decided to get out of the business, I was sad because that's on the way to work for me, you know, yeah. from, from Hillside and Bell and, and all the people that live out there. There's, there, there's of course lots of residential and, um, it's a good spot for one. Right. So, well, and if you think about it, that gives, uh, Roasters three locations, Sauncy, Bell and Georgia. Right. So they're spread out, but they're all, you know, um, they kind of have different places in town covered. And of course, way. 45th and Bell, one of the busiest intersections in town. Right. Close by. You've got United. You've got all of that stuff going on over there. It's just a logical place. Yeah. 
good to see coffee going back in. So, and uh, I guess the the final one for today is just that we um, have had a chance now to grab lunch at Firehouse Subs. Uh, Welcome we, to we, Firehouse. Yeah, yeah. We, we were <laughs> we weren't <laughs> the first ones to go. Right. But yes, for any of you who haven't yet gone, um, uh, that you are greeted with everyone in there that works there saying welcome to firehouse yeah. kind of that swooping welcome yeah it's, yeah it's it catches you off guard they, for the first and, time yeah. and they have they have a script and they follow it because uh, one reason they have a script is because they are seems to have a script is that they have um a lot of different choices or a lot of things that come on a sandwich that you can have or not have right. depending on your tastes so uh i think that they do a lot of that um sandwiches in four six and eight inch sizes i think that's right yeah small medium large you know it uh, for a, a traditional sub we've gotten so many more options other than I, I think a subway because it's been here forever and it's you know the the standard but there's jimmy john's and um you know firehouse and um the others like jersey mike's that um have come in and, and kind of and of course which which Right. So we, right. We, we've had a sub-influx. We have. Yeah. Um, these are good, and they also yeah. have uh, salad mm-hmm. and, and other options as well. Easy so. to go in. I mean, it was packed when we went mm-hmm. the other day at lunch, and um, you go up to the counter, you order. It's it's pretty fast. Yeah, it, um, it didn't take long at all for those sandwiches And it's to get in, there, the, so. in, the, in the building where Baker Brothers used to be there at I-40 and Georgia. Yeah, at well, the corner of Wolfland Square. Cool. So, yes, that... Uh, that that pretty much ends the restaurant roundup uh, for yeah, this week. I was going to say we'll, we'll we'll have more of that when we go to lunch next week. So um, it, it's a twofer. So um, you've got two of the interviews that we're going to listen to on this week's show. Um, so first up, Richard. Yeah, Richard. The, the, it was just a nice chat. We talked about the the family and and how, uh, you know, these days a lot of people in family businesses are finding that their younger generations, after some time, uh, are are wanting to do something else. And he talks about how uh, you know how he was raised and had a bank in his house when he was he was a kid, always wanted to do it, and that's what his that would have been nice. Yeah, <laughs> and what his, that's and his sons were very involved. Uh, they're yeah. executive vice presidents now of the mm-hmm. bank and and. And how they were involved too. So uh, he's got a cute, some a couple of good stories out of that. All right, and then Mike Connor. Right. Um, uh, okay. The one thing I'm going to say about that is you're going to hear great news about these flights. But bottom line is, folks, if we don't use them use them we lose them yeah. so it's a it's a grant it'll last a while but at some point the airline has to know it's going to make money to right. to uh, actually stay so and, and that's one of the biggest challenges for this area again soapbox because because you did and i will um we have to have uh, the transportation in and out we've got great rail service right we, you know we're, we're a central hub as far as as roads but if if the air service isn't there a lot of these bigger companies aren't going to look at this this part of the world to to grow the, their companies. Great cost of living, great everything. This has got to work. Right. So yeah. when those flights start, check the prices and go to go to Phoenix or That'll LA Phoenix, or yeah. Vegas or something with one of those flights. Um, so so uh, I guess we'll, now we'll we'll listen to that. All right. That is coming up on the Biz Here podcast. Stay close. This American. Banker Award is is a great uh, honor. 2017 Banker of the Year Awards, you were um, recognized for being a thriving family operator. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean to you? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a great compliment 
to the concept that independent banking still works and is important. And uh, to me, it, it, it's a compliment to our employees and to, to Amarillo because uh, to be able to stand out on a national stage is uh, a wonderful thing. Uh, people always look at at banks and and uh, you, as far as national goes, think of the big national ones and and all of the things that happen with them in the news. What does it mean to be a community bank? Amarillo National Bank is in its hundred and twenty fifth year. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I think that we're different from the big boys, and, and we used to do that in our TV ads and make a lot of fun of them, and, uh, but I, I do think there are real differences, and, and when the uh, owner's in the store, there's just a different level of customer service, and then we are so long-term oriented. That, I think that's different. It, you read about banks and Wall Street, and they're worried about next quarter's earnings and all that sort of stuff. We don't ever think about that. We figure we're going to take good care of our customers, and we care more about our customers and our stockholders. And in the long run, I think that works. So to me, this this award is is validating that concept. Now, you're the what generation are you, fourth generation of the family to run the bank? <laughs> I, I'm the fourth. My brother and I were the fourth. And right. We said we, we can't find work anywhere else. And, <laughs> and we got the fifth generation in here, and we're really proud of them. And they are, they are ready to take over. Uh, and and uh, what is that succession like? Well, it's, it's, uh, we're fortunate that they are as dedicated to the bank as my father was or my grandfather or Bill and I were. So, right. We're, uh, and we're talking of William and Patrick Ware. William and Pat are executive vice presidents, and they do a great job. They work together real well. Mm-hmm. I think that's another secret in a family business. You've got to be able to handle all the family issues. That was actually one one way I wanted to take this interview because there are a lot of family businesses where it, it looks like the next generation is not necessarily into following the footsteps of the of the first. How have has your family been able to do that for so long? We've been very lucky and. Uh, I, I go back to thinking when I was a little boy, whether we were loaning money uh, on the <laughs> playground for lunch money, or uh, I had a bank in the basement of our house, and we'd go down to the bank and play and, nice. uh, uh, in the teller's cages when I was little. We did that with our children, and they got a feel about the basics of banking, and then Every summer job has been at the bank, and so I, I knew I was going to be a banker, and, and two of my boys felt the same way. So uh, okay. we've, we've been fortunate. We all grew up just surrounded by it, and then family dinners were half talking about sports and half talking about the bank. Yeah, now these guys are, your sons are executive vice presidents now, but they didn't start out at that. You said every summer job. So what What all is it, what aspects of the bank is it important for every banker to have had their hands on and know how it works? I think it works better if you're trying to run the bank, manage the bank. If you've worked everywhere and appreciate the, the job and the good work that's done in every department. We start out in the vault wrapping pennies and counting $1 bills. <laughs> and, uh, in fact, the boys, one summer we ran a promotion to get pennies. There was a shortage. We got 7 million pennies. Wow. And they had to wrap all of them. So we've got a picture of them sitting on top of 
seven million roll pennies, which is like a, about the size of a big chest. <laughs> and uh, so the, they they have served their time in, in every job in the bank, and that makes them better managers. What um, you you have uh, roots in that, but what do you see as as Amarillo National Bank going forward? Uh, your sons, yes, but then how else will the bank evolve? Uh, you know, once you've kind of handed over the reins. Well, we're fortunate in that that there's good business in Amarillo on the Panhandle and the South Plains, and we concentrate on that. So I think we'll still be focused on that. We're big on this high-touch customer service and building long-term relationships, and that works in West Texas. So I think we'll still have a base. The other thing, you got to be big enough to put up with all the new technology, uh-huh. the regulations from Washington, and the other things that come about, competitors from all over the world. Luckily, I think our size, as, as the biggest around, allows us to adapt to those things and and be ready for the changes that will come in the future. So I would think for the next generation uh, that they own most of the stock in the bank and they're working here. And uh, if we can hang on to the the same culture of great customer service, uh, we ought to be in good shape. What, uh, What challenges do you see for the banking industry? Well, the regulatory uh, challenges have, have really been tough because, in effect, Washington makes us uh, not provide good service to our customers. We How do you mean? For, we had to ask for my mother's driver's license when she opened a checking account. Uh-huh. And they're just crazy things like that. The technology changes are coming fast, and, you know, we checks are not our biggest thing anymore. The debit card does all of it. Uh, currency is less of a factor uh-huh. the mobile apps are so important so those are the challenges we've got to keep up with the big boys okay and we're not ever going to let them get too far ahead of us and we'll still have that personal touch that that challenge has has caused you to be early adopters uh, of, of uh, security and all different kinds of things how important is is security uh, to that equation, attracting customers? Well, we it's critical, and we have to worry about it. I think the other part of that is the personal touch, uh, because everybody's going to have a problem, and we have people that you can come in and talk to and mm-hmm. not call some 800 number and get some machine. And if your uh, card is stolen, if your identity is hacked, uh, you can come in, and we work with you. And I think that's going to be maybe one of our greatest services, just uh, a sympathetic, knowledgeable ear that uh, you can talk to. More of that experience uh, service rather than rather than having to go through machines, huh? Oh, I think so. And, in fact, I joke and say we want to have a box of Kleenex on everyone's desk because people are coming in. When something happens to your identity or, or your account, it's an emotional thing, and uh, we we want them to know that we're sympathetic. We'll gi- we'll give them a Kleenex if they're crying. <laughs> yes, I understand that. Um, talk a little bit about. I know it's it's uh, time for everybody at your place to be crunching numbers and looking 
toward uh, kind of the forecast for next year. Uh, you know, where's the economy at? Our economy continues to be good, but uh, it's, it is not a boom. Uh, the retail sales being flat is, is our concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, cattle and oil have recovered from their slump. Uh, but still, uh, the local merchants' retail sales have been flat. And uh, so that's, that's going to be a challenge for the, the city. And we've got to get primary industrial jobs. And what the AEDC does is, is critical. So that's the things we look at for the future. How um, that retail sales, uh, it is going to be a challenge for the city because if local sales tax isn't collected, that's uh, the majority of, of the city's budget. Isn't that the way we right. all understand and, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest part of it. And they used to grow grow 3 to 4% a year, uh, not counting inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year we're flat. We think 4% has gone to the Internet and, and won't come back. So that's... That's tough. That that will affect everybody in town, and we just have to adapt to that. And yeah, I mean, part of it is that people's habits have changed, and and may not change back, or or you know, in any sense of the word, since we all get used to our technology. Um, how uh, about things? Are people buying big things like appliances and cars, or or are they holding off? Well, car sales are 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 good now. Sometimes we'll have a soft month, uh, but car sales have have remained good, especially compared to six years ago when they were at their low point. So uh, the, the, most of the high-end people feel good. There's optimism. Uh, we've had good rains. Uh, there's a lot of business from out in the country, and I think that's a, a plus for all Amarillo um, going back to uh, Amarillo National, you are on the one of the best banks to work for, number twenty-five, and I don't know how long that list is, but out of out of a ton of banks that could be surveyed, uh, number twenty-five for an Amarillo bank uh, seems pretty good. What what are you doing? Well, that, that's, you know, that's by far the highest in West Texas. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what are you doing? We were, we were 12th on the list last year. I think that those things uh, there's there's a little softness in them. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we still think we've got a great culture around here, and that, that our people have have a good time, and yet uh, they don't take themselves seriously. They take the, their customers seriously, and uh, whether it's our Halloween celebrations or some of the other get-togethers that we have, there's a lighter touch in our bank and and uh, with our fitness culture and uh some of the other goofy things we do we say we celebrate often and i think that <laughs> all those things make uh our bank a, a, a great place to work okay um wrapping up kind of what uh, what to you uh, general about amarillo makes uh amarillo and the texas panhandle uh, you know what it is. Well, we're convinced that there's a special spirit in Amarillo, and I call it the circle of wagons mentality that we've had to because of either our weather or our distance. Uh, we have to stick together and take care of each other, and I think that's something that that we have uh, 
everybody in Amarillo does so well. And one thing you can see, uh, now there are a new group of headquarters companies that mm-hmm. are in Amarillo, and the the values and morals and ethics that come out of Amarillo travel well to other places. So there are about five companies that have bought like 15 operations uh, in other cities and in, in states around here. And they're headquartered in Amarillo because there's a special spirit. The work ethic is strong, and there's a stick-together feeling that, that we have to kind of protect each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I, I think that makes that special. And there's there, there's that, and then some of our our philosophies have sure proven well. I mean, you look over time, and this this bank of the year deal that really all our employees won, and then uh, in 1999, Texas Monthly Magazine named us the Bankers of the Century. So, uh, as far as competition in Texas and nationally, we're able to hold our own. And I think that all reflects, that all comes from these strengths that Amarillo has. Okay. Um, you mentioned it's going to be key to to bring in kind of industry jobs. Uh, what is the key? William and I have talked uh, before on this podcast and, and talked about Amarillo needing to sell itself better, you know, that we get used to what we have here and and uh, maybe don't talk ourselves up as much. What What's the key to that to you? Well, the, 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 the people that are here can, everybody will say the same thing, that their, their workforce does better here, they're more efficient. Uh, I think the AEDC's efforts to get in front of people and to have an economic incentive really makes sense. And then I just think the the quality of life stuff. We've we've been big on landscaping Airport Boulevard. That's the first view people have when they come to town. That's right. The new things going on downtown uh, are going to be a real part of the sales pitch. And uh, as we we get a vibrant downtown, whether it's Polk Street with more establishments there or the ballpark, then that's going to help sell Amarillo. Yeah, you and you were part of that uh, that group that kind of got together and helped helped the city seal that uh, ballpark deal, correct? Well, yeah, we're we're still working on that. Want to get it going, get uh, ground broken uh, right in January, and get after this thing. That that's going to really help things downtown. Mm-hmm. You're going to have an Amarillo National Bank suite. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be big fans and big supporters. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think they're going to generate a lot of. There are a lot of baseball players around that want to go watch good baseball. All right, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with me. Well, Karen, it's always fun, and and uh, this this is something that's great for Amarillo. I'm here in the FM90 studio with Mike Connor. He is director of aviation for the city of Amarillo. Thank you for being here.
Thank you, Karen. Um, I wanted to talk, first of all, you had some big news, um, and uh, let's talk about what that news is, and then we'll talk about the impact. Sure. Well, starting April 3rd, uh, 2018, we're going to have a service from Amarillo to Phoenix, Arizona. So we're really excited about that. Now, that's those are direct flights, right? These are direct flights, uh, hopefully every day of the week. And uh, we're hoping to get some real good schedules for it, uh, starting early in the morning on the departures and then arrivals back in the early to late evening. So that'd be really great for business travelers and anybody, of course, coming from Phoenix that might be, you know, coming to Amarillo to, uh, you know, just for leisure purposes, uh, they'll have an uh, advantageous flights going back home. So Okay. It makes it easy for business travel, maybe to get in and out in a day or Correct. at least come back late in the day after a business day, that sort of thing. That's, you're exactly right. Okay. Um, I noticed that, uh, that, Phoenix has a number of direct flights then to, to a lot of different places. So how does this open us up as far as our access? Normally, we have to go to Dallas Correct. for most everything. Right. I mean, normally, if you're going to anywhere on the West Coast, you end up having to go to Dallas. So you're going east to fly west, so it doesn't really make much sense. So this will open up any of the gateways that are out of Phoenix directly. Uh, it'll open up places like Hawaii to you. So it'll, you'll have maybe only a two-leg flight instead of a three- or four-leg flight. And it'll really make you know places like Los Angeles more accessible to people as well. So it's, it's just great all around because there's a lot of flights going out of Phoenix. And this is jet service? This is jet service, and it's two classes. So you can have coach and first class as well. So it's a pretty good-sized aircraft for this route. Uh, we're very happy that American decided to go this way. Uh, it actually makes it more profitable for them, uh, which will help us keep the service in the end. So, uh, but, but the the adage here is that you if you don't use it, you lose it. Is that still? Well, that could be. You know, you, you, you evaluate it a couple of years down the road once it's up and running, and uh, after the grant kind of runs out. Uh, where the grant's not supporting the service anymore. If the service is, you know, dead at that time, then they pull it. And yeah. We don't want that to happen. So. Okay. So let's talk about this grant. What, what, how did we do this? Sure. Well, it's like I said, it's been about a year and a half uh, process to get the grant. Uh, you, we applied to the Department of Transportation for it, and it's called the Small Community Air Service Development Grant. Uh, we uh, got about $750,000, and we're going to use about two hundred and fifty of that for marketing, and then the other 500000 is a revenue guarantee to the airline. So uh, if their flights, if they service every day of the week and their flights aren't full, then that grant helps make up the difference between the operating costs and what they should be getting. How did you, you still had to do some convincing though, I, I, I would imagine, to, to make them know that, yeah, we're not just putting this in and, and going to have mostly empty flights. What? How did you um, approach them with this? Sure. Well, the airport works with some consultants who do this full time as you know for a living, and uh, we basically put together all the lists of what uh, what areas the uh, the airport should be flying to, and uh, we take that information and we kind of package it all together in a nice little package for them, and go to the. We actually went to Dallas and met with American, and. Uh, pitched it to them and said, hey, this is, you know, really good. And they looked at the numbers and they said, yeah, we think it's really good too. And they had to overcome some hurdles. I mean, it was not an easy decision for them uh, based on pilot shortages and aircraft shortages. Uh, Americans going to be getting rid of a lot of their aircraft, their older aircraft uh, in the coming year. So for them to be able to find an aircraft and, and really put it towards Amarillo is just really incredible. 
Okay, so they made that effort. How, uh, I mean, did you talk about, uh, do you see where people hopscotch from Dallas on and showed them something about the people that ended up flying west from there? Or Well, what happens is when the consultants do a study, they find where people are actually going, where's their final destination. And so Phoenix happened to have enough numbers of their people that that's their final destination that, that it worked out for us. Okay. Okay. Um, and the value of nonstop flights, is that just something that, that everybody wants, obviously? Or? It is. I mean, you know, if you don't want to take two, three different aircraft and have all kinds of layovers at larger airports or even smaller airports just to get to your destination. So uh, having a nonstop flight is just crucial for this route. And that 750000 of the grant, uh, did I understand that's two-year? For two it's, years of operation? It's about a two-year, yep. It okay. ends uh, June of 2019. Okay. And can you renew those, or is it just a one-time? It's a one-time thing. So, okay. yeah, yeah, Department of Transportation has some real strict rules on that, and, uh, you know, Congress has to actually approve all those grants, so it gets it gets real sticky, and you can't, you can't go, uh, you know, further. But I guess the idea behind these grants is that airlines are so hub-centered that it's it's trying to help some of the smaller airports get and keep um, some air service? Correct. Yeah, it's real difficult for smaller airports to get an airline, get new service. Um, and we're, you know, we competed against hundreds of other airports that were applying for the same type of grant. So it's it's very, it's incredible, really. Wow. So what is next then um, on the list for projects at the airport? Um, well, we're, we're focusing on some other, like, things that are just good customer service items, you know, items that will help improve the look of the airport, uh, help improve the customer experience. Uh, we're going to be replacing our changing the entrance sign so it doesn't you know look so bad it's been there for a long time <laughs> uh we're we just recently added some uh, artwork into the terminal building uh, if you go there you'll see some nice quarter horse pictures and things like that so uh, really spruces up the place a little bit uh, we're also going to be adding a uh, i'll kind of give you a sneak peek here mm -hmm. uh, we're adding a rick husband uh, memorial type of honorary area uh, to a little tiny corner uh, up by the ticket counters that uh, was kind of just blank. Uh, used to be used by the TSA in their security screening operations. Um, but come February as uh, the uh, anniversary of the Columbia crash. And so uh, we're going to unveil that on that day. And we may have some other surprises, but I can't really release those at this okay. point. So okay. uh, that's some good stuff. So more good to stuff. come there. Yep. How are boardings doing? Uh, boardings right now are, are pretty steady and they're just uh, they're not really dropping off uh, they're, they're not really increasing so uh, you know the addition of this Phoenix service next year is really going to help with that okay so. um, and then uh, the city has a new website that it brought up uh, just recently and that in turn means the airport has one as well are there any uh, new bells and whistles for the airport Sure. Well, the new website, www.fly-ama.com, um, we think is a little bit easier to remember than, you know, the old address. And so um, that was really key for us. Uh, right now, uh, we've added in not just a new look. I mean, there is a new look, and it's it's much better than the old one because uh, we had old pictures up there and everything before. <laughs> um, but uh, the new one uh, has a few things. It has a little welcome message from myself, uh, as well as we're, we added, or we're in the process, actually, of adding 
having a full month or weekly schedule. So if you go there um, right now, you can't actually see like the full schedule. So you won't know whether there's a six o'clock flight in the morning if you look at that website at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. Uh, so we're going to add a schedule so that you can see, you know, what flights are actually available on a daily basis, which I think is really important. I mean, when I was flying here a couple of times, I was like, well, what times are the flights that I'm supposed to be seeing? You know, because if you go to, <laughs> you know, if you go to one of the scheduling sites, you know, to buy your ticket, uh, they won't show you a full schedule. They only show you, you know, what's available on that particular day. Maybe you have flexibility in your flight schedule. So um, it, it really helps improve the customer experience. Help yeah. you see your options. Yep. Um, I, I know at the news conference regarding the the additional air service to Phoenix, there was something mentioned of a, of a group that's looking at economic development uh, specifically related to the airport. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that group is and, and um, maybe who's helping out with those sure. uh, ideas? Yep, it's our community um, community outreach group, and it's really made up of business leaders from the uh, Amarillo and, and a couple in Canyon. Um, also, uh, the chambers from both, both cities and uh, the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation. Uh, we're really partnering, they're all partnering with the airport uh, to help foster better relationships with the businesses in the area. Uh, they all help us in areas where uh, we couldn't normally reach. Uh, we need help getting additional monies uh, for additional revenue guarantees to hopefully get service to places like Austin or other West Coast destinations. So uh, we're looking to uh, help or they're looking to help with that. And uh, we're also looking at some other areas as well, tourism in general for the Amarillo area, as well as uh, putting uh, some other aviation-related businesses at the airport so that aren't necessarily airlines but other supporting businesses just because we have a lot of land and the AEDC owns a lot of land all surrounding the airport. And we can get them you know, tax incentives and things like that. So uh, all that will help to just increase the aviation activity at the airport. And that group, um, it's currently, at least last year, it was made up of over 44 business leaders, which okay. I was just thrilled about when I got here because I'm like, man, we've got some great community support. Yeah. And that's really what the airport needs. Okay. So. How often does this group, do they gather or do they? Well, they'll have individual meetings. There's four different groups. And so those people uh, will actually meet kind of separately. There's not really a set time. Uh, some of them will probably meet quarterly. Uh, just to go over things. And then they'll communicate individually um, and then within the community just on a continuous basis to uh, whatever we need. Are the groups kind of task-related, like uh, like development of economic development opportunities or, you know, at the airport side? And right. it, it's, it's set up by kind of functional area. So we have tourism as one area, air service development is another area, uh, then the businesses is another area, and then corporate and general aviation. Okay. If people have ideas that they want to pass along to this group, uh, how do they how do they do that? Uh, well, there's not really a set uh, way for us to communicate from that direction. Um, I mean, certainly if you have uh, you know a, a business leader that you know of of a, either a large company or even smaller companies, I'm sure they'll get they'll get kind of tuned in. So you could communicate back that way. Uh, certainly, you could call the airport as well. Um, I'm certainly willing to talk to anybody so you like ideas i do <laughs> <laughs> all right mike thank you for your time you're welcome biz here is recorded in the fm90 studios on the washington street campus of amarillo college thank you for listening so karen 
What's on the next episode? All right. Um, Jacob Mann, I don't know if you have uh, heard of City Studios and Sunset Center. I have not. They have got an amazing variety of uh, events. 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 Hi. Stuff. There is a word that I cannot say. Events. Who thought it would That be they events? are putting on. And uh, so there's a lot of variety and things for people to do. And I just had a conversation with them about that. All right. We'll let uh, Karen work on her event language. And uh, for more content, of course, uh, visit Panhandle PBS. Make sure to follow us on social media. And together, let's amplify Amarillo and turn up the Texas Panhandle.